0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host Doug Coleman and I'm here today with the other co-host Brendan McCullough. How's it going today, Bren?
1: So many Girl Scout cookies. It's, this is a mistake. It's oh no, <laughs> you ate it's, them all? I, not all of them, but like I'm probably halfway through and it's it. I, my body. <laughs> I can't handle the sugar.
0: Oh, I'm very it. jealous. Very, very jealous. Um, But yeah, this is a video game podcast for anybody new, and we hope you're new. <laughs> We're not talking about cookies
1: anymore. Doug's getting me away from that tangent right away. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, right away. That's the thing. We, we got to dive into what's been going on. We actually have some video game news for once to talk about. Things have been happening, Something and there's that? some exciting news uh, in there. But I guess before we dive into all of that stuff, let's talk about what we've been playing lately. Is there anything new in the Brendanverse?
1: Yeah. Oh, God, don't go. Brendanverse is a bad time. Don't go there. It's like the Spider Verse, but like just sadder in like every regard. Um, no, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of weird that without like the big conferences like E three and stuff, that all the news stuff is like spread out more evenly across the year. So it's not just like you know lulls like every quarter at the end of every mark or financial qu- fiscal quarter there would be yeah. big news, and an E three happens it's, like. We got, like, one-week episode to talk about literally everything that got announced, and now it's, like... Yeah,
0: huge info dump.
1: Yeah, now it's, like, eh, like, every, like, three or four weeks, there's probably a company that did, like, some sort of... Nintendo always did the Nintendo Directs, and now, like, all the companies seem to just be doing their own releases whenever it's ready. So it's actually kind of refreshing of, like, eh, every three or four weeks, there's gonna be, like, some, you know, a a good amount of stuff to talk about game-wise, but, you know, we don't have to cover all in one week. So... It's kind of a weird benefit of the quarantine of like stuffs being paced out instead of being hoarded until E three.
0: Yeah, it's definitely easier for us to report. on <laughs> <it? laughs>
1: Yes, our professional gaming journalism podcast. Yes, is, exactly. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, games playing, uh, played a bit more Isaac. Just you know, it's, it's a very easy Zen wind down game now. Uh, especially now that I'm like trying for stuff, I'm just playing as default Isaac. He's got an item that you can start with now, the D6 that changes your like treasure items or like upgrade items if you don't like them. So it's very easy to just play the game, and be like, "Ooh, I don't like the soy milk item. Let me reroll that for literally anything else." Uh, so I think he's the easiest just to play, just to you know pick and choose and have more variety of the items. So it's very sounds to- it, yeah. Uh, but even without trying, I'm still unlocking stuff. Like, I just did a random run. It's like, oh, you unlocked this you know, new fly item. I was like, I don't... What the fuck? How did I even unlock that? What even is this? Because <laughs> there's still so much stuff. So, still discovering stuff in that. Um, but otherwise, playing, uh, got back into control. Oh, yeah. You were
0: struggling with a boss, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I just, like, white-knuckled it one night of, like, I was bored. I was like, ah, what do I do? It's, like, 11.30 at night. Like, I don't want to do anything too strenuous this late. Like, before I go to bed, I'm like, Fuck it, let me fight that boss. <laughs> so, that sounds most, strenuous. <laughs> I picked the most strenuous thing I could, like right before going to bed. So I'm like, ah, fuck it, let me just knock that. Because I didn't think I would beat her. I think I would. I thought I was just gonna get practice against her and just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and eventually just call it quits. Yeah. Um. Eventually beat her though. It's good amount of just random luck of like what enemies appeared. Uh. One thing I'll say is in the DLC you can get a uh, backup. So you get a random ranger that's part of the uh, Bureau of Control to come and help you. Oh, cool. I would say probably one of the most helpful random NPCs in any game I've ever had, ever. Hell yes. I I hate when AI are super dumb. And it, the bar is just so low. He didn't oh, do yeah. amazing. It's not like he like, killed her, like one shot killed her, or like, you know, saved my ass at a clutch moment. He really didn't do much, but he just was competent enough to stay alive and to shoot some of the like henchmen that came out after me and like... It was just relaxing. I didn't have to worry about babysitting some idiot AI at the same time as fighting the boss.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, my God. That's good to hear because, yeah, even if it just does any amount of damage at all, anything. it's like I'm impressed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you you survived more than one hit. You get a gold medal, son. Like, you did great. So yes. I was I was surprised to see how uh, competent the AI was when they were on your side. Um, but, yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if I initially had any ta- I looked up tactics on how to fight that last boss, and even online, it's like, no, you pretty much already know what to do. You just have to be good at it. I was like, ah, fuck. I wanted to cheat. <laughs> I wanted I a gimmick. I could, like, wall glitch through and just not fight her entirely. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually changing up the skills and the weapons, like, I ended up using the shotgun more, um, because I had essentially the grenade launcher weapon, and then, uh, for long range. And if you're close range, you'll do a lot of damage to yourself with that. It's it's very rough in close quarters. So oh, yeah. I switched to shotgun in case you ever got close, which was a few times. And uh, a lot of mobility. Anyone who's doing the DLC of the foundation and on the last boss, uh only real advice is like really take out the henchmen that she summons with her. Because like they're not just, you know, annoying flies you can just forget about and keep fighting through. Like they stack really hard, and it's it's better to prioritize them over her because the main boss really doesn't do that much damage. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it was rough, but I did end up beating it. Uh, and yeah, that was the final boss. So that DLC ended right afterwards. Oh, cool. And then, um, then I started the other DLC, which is the Alan Wake tie-in, where it's like the dark sector, and uh, for the Foundation, you're in like the basement of it and fighting all these like a lot of like crystals and stone stuff. And the Alan Wake one, it's like a the investigation section of the bureau, and it's all like darkness. So you actually encounter the darkness from Alan Wake, which is like a physical like manifestation of it, which is just this black like ooze. That oh, it's like... not
0: the band from the United Kingdom. No, no, <laughs> I of...
1: Can anyone name any other song from No? That? You're. <laughs> at- <laughs>
0: you're not wrong but i remember as a kid growing up i had one of their t-shirts and i think there was maybe one or two other songs that were like on that level of like yeah, this could be a big hit but like no that nah. one was the radio uh single Goldmine. for sure
1: yeah they were a good band i did hear other songs from them i couldn't name you what they were but i remember it was like yeah it's a good it's a good band it's a good tune
0: go watch uh, the music video for that song it's, uh, wild. it's wild they're just naked in a bathtub half the time it's just what? what no it's music? a spaceship Oh, wait. Well, maybe I forget. I don't know. I remember them being, like, very strange <laughs> and uh, naked all the time.
1: Those are not chili peppers. Oh,
0: um,
1: perhaps. But, yeah, the Alan Wake uh, DLC is very early on. You get into the investigation sector, you get flashes of Alan Wake on a keyboard and stuff. So it's no secret. It tells you right away who it is and what's happening. Um, but, yeah, so it ties into stuff from the game Alan Wake where you have to get light sources. In Alan Wake, you have a flashlight, so it's easy. You have to find batteries. In Control, you don't have a light source, so you have to find, like, um, like floodlights that they have, like, around the sector and stuff, and, you know, different light sources you can rip off the walls and stuff, and use that with your telekinesis to shine them on the darkness to destroy okay. it. And I've said it before, it's tough because the game is so dark. Like, right. Like, visually hard to see dark. So the gamma you can put the gamma setting to like do the brightness and stuff in the game setting like everything um i'd say on a scale of like 1 to 100 i'm probably playing at like a 75 and in this dlc it it still became hard to really see stuff so Damn. it just it gets really challenging to see and it's not in a fun way it's not like atmospheric it's just like i don't know what's happening so, yeah uh, with your telkinesis especially, you have like a little white outline that shows what you're looking on and what you're locked on to. I use that to guide me through a lot of areas just to, to figure out what's happening. It's still fun, though. It's still great. It was a cool story. It really... The foundation felt like more of what you played. And it's like, ah, we're expanding on some of the loose ends from the main storyline. The Darkness Investigation Bureau section feels more like potential sequels or world building they're doing for this... I guess Alan Wakeverse, if you yeah. think about that, or whatever this world they're building is, because it ties into a lot of stuff.
0: I wonder if it ties into the verse.
1: No, nothing ties <laughs> into there. That was <That> isolated off. <laughs> Technically,
0: in- since you're playing the game,
1: Ooh. <laughs> in a way, uh, no, that's a negative space from what was it, Superman uh, <laughs> Two, the, the Q World or whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, so it ties in with a lot of different stuff. Um, I talked about the ashtray maze, which was like the best part. Uh, the music sequence from that comes from a Walkman the janitor gives you. You find different stories about the band members. So the Walkman plays a song. You find file and like, case papers about the band that plays that song in that game. Okay. Turns out they're from Alan Wake. Their patient in Alan Wake, you're in like Washington somewhere at like a lodge resort mental health facility for like creative types. And you find out the band members were there. Which I forgot about entirely, but now that I think back to it, I was like, Oh yeah, that was those characters. So Nice. They even tie into that and you find out stuff like, Oh, they had objects of power or something happened around them and that's why they became like this. And like that's what the song that plays and stuff, and it's just really cool seeing him all tie all that stuff together and remembering stuff from Alan Wake, which I played years ago, like well over five years ago. Yeah. And I'll be honest, it wasn't really that impactful on me. I I know Mark loved it a lot more than I did, but I was like, yeah, it was a fine game. But like, it's crazy to see the stuff that like dredges back up after playing and be like, oh, wow, even this ties into that. And the foundation was really like, the foundation DLC was really like, new powers or new enemies you have to work against and like new terrain. It was kind of cool. And it just, it felt like an expansion on the actual game and the combat and all that stuff. The Alan Wake DLC is uh, tonally very different. It's because it's a lot more darkness focused. It's a lot more horror, I guess, feeling at times. Right. Um, without spoiling, there'll be like areas that are shrouded in shadows. And if you're in there, an enemy will appear and start attacking you. So you only can like, you're only safe in the light. So you'll have to like fly around and dodge stuff and like reactivate lights in this big dark area like to avoid this invincible monster that you can't fight in the darkness like it's too gotcha yeah so it makes you feel like you're being hunted by this big crazy monster thing in the shadows and stuff so it it adds a cool element to it where you have to go at its pace or you have to just follow around this light source at all times or else you'll die and stuff so it really makes you change up the combat and the way you play stuff
0: that's Uh, cool yeah
1: yeah so it's it's really fun seeing them play around and try different things and it's not just the same thing like pick up the exploding barrel or you know the propane tank and throw it at the enemy for the hundredth time
0: yes and it's perfect to do that in dlc to like explore those ideas that's excellent
1: to play around with it and stuff and it's the bureau is so big and there's so many levels and there's areas that like i just have never been to and i don't know if they plan on making more dlc or if that was an idea they had and then eventually scrapped before release Um, but like it felt natural it didn't feel forced in i'm like ah now you're going to leave the Bureau of Control and go to Missouri for some fucking reason. It's like, no, it's you're going to go to this department that you didn't have access to before, but now you do. Right. So it, it just feels very natural and just very well done. Um, yeah, it's fun, it, but it definitely feels like they're setting up more. So uh, as much as they give you in the DLC, it's it's more of like a taste of anything than a real coherent story in itself. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting and it's fun, and I I didn't expect them to t- Alan Wake to be tied into it. Like you know, before Control came out, I thought Alan Wake was gonna be just Alan Wake 2. But they're clearly thinking like, no, this is there's gonna be a whole bunch of weird stuff, like weird mythos and objects of power and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see what they did with it. I'm like I said, wasn't crazy about Alan Wake. Control is fucking amazing though. Like now that I'm finished all of it in the DLC. Just very well done. So uh, I'm curious to see what that studio does with that franchise. It goes for me too.
0: Yeah, definitely. I got to get around to finishing that game up. I, I have to put some more time into that one.
1: Yeah. I saw Aaron from a uh, comedy house party uh, streaming it uh, a while ago. I think, actually, nice. as we're talking about. So it's, it, it sucks because it really shows what marketing can do for something, either a movie or show or a game or something. Cause I remember marketing for control. I was like, eh, I don't know. It seems, it seems kind of neat but I don't really care enough to, like, really look into it more. Yes. And then when I saw someone streaming it in actual gameplay, I was like, yo, this is kind of neat, though. Yo, it's kind of rad. And then I got into it. I was like, yo, this is really rad. Exactly. So it it really shows how much marketing can help or hinder something. Because how many how many stuff that we found out, like, years later? of like, hey, wait a minute. That movie was really, really good. The marketing team was a third-party agency and just didn't know what they were selling.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And it, even in me playing the game dev story on my phone, like that's part of like your like the process of selling your games. Like you have the option to like advertise on the radio, on TV, or online. Yeah. And if you don't do those, the more it costs money to do that, but then you'll make money because the more people are finding your products. So, yeah, it. Exactly.
1: You have to f- make sure it's catered to the right audience if it's like, "Hey, older people listen to the radio this is a younger demographic product we're not going to waste money on the radio exactly or stuff like that um but then it's also tricky with people who might not be aware a lot of the time it's advertising agencies who are separate from the whole creative process entirely so when you see a trailer for a movie or a commercial for it, you're like ah they gave away the big spoiler that agency doesn't know what the hell they're doing they exactly just got raw footage and they're just like make it work it's like okay and yeah, they're you, like,
0: that looks cool. That's a really cool part of the game. Yeah, so yeah that's the best moment. part of the game. <laughs> yeah,
1: then you play the game, and you're like, oh, that's the twist ending. And it's yes. like, well, we didn't know. We got five minutes of raw footage, and we have no context for it. It's like, it's it's weird. It's so weird with marketing stuff and, like, industry stuff. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, once again, Control, very good. Highly recommended. Get a discount. Pay full price. Either way, it deserves it. So, yeah, uh, big totally. recommendation there. And uh, I picked up another game because... You know, like I said last episode, I'm winding down with Binding of Isaac. I get, get kind of stale with it after <laughs> 600 hours. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> so I was like, hey, let me get a new roguelike to fill my crippling addiction of roguelike games. Uh-oh. So I got one called Skull Hero Slayer.
0: Hmm, it's, that's new to me.
1: Yes, yeah, it's uh, Skull, S-K-U-L, 1-L. Um, okay. And it's basically a 2D side-scrolling platformer. Uh, and Not pixel, but pixel art not quite like full pixel but uh, a lot of detail in it. Oh yeah. And you play as this little skeleton who is trying to save the demon king who was captured by the hero. So it's one of those like ah the human empire is the bad guy. The demons are the good guys sort of games. Ooh. But as far as I can tell it's not like really moral. It's not like ah you're an evil demonic like skeleton, or you're an evil demon that eats human flesh. You're the good guy. It's like no, you're just playing as the skeleton. It's, I don't think it's really trying to make a a moral case like, here's why humans gotcha. are bad and here's why demons are good or should coexist <laughs> yeah it's I mean they definitely do that that it's like there's a peace treaty between the demon king and the human king and then immediately after the peace treaty was signed the humans captured the demon king and that's about it that's as far as I can really tell what the story's going in
0: yeah with the tagline the hero slayer the I think they just wanted to come from the angle of where are the bad guys
1: yeah here's you know here's what happens after the hero defeats the demon king it's like well what do we do next it's like well One little random skeleton foot soldier decides, hey, I'm going to go save the king. And so it's just told from the other perspective, really, but it's the same kind of story. Uh, The gimmick with this is uh, you'll find different skulls lying around of other skeletons that are on your side who have been defeated or killed. And you can swap out your skull with theirs, and then you'll get their powers. So cool. You'll get like a foot soldier skull, and then you'll get the powers of a foot soldier. you have a long sword and a shield or a pike or something like that. Uh, yeah. You can get a werewolf skull, so you're a lot quicker, and you fight with your claws. Hell yeah. Uh, all the skulls, there's two abilities, and all the skulls can have one or two, depending on what level they are. And then the skills are also randomly generated each time you get them, so it's not always the same. There's a certain set with each uh, skull. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get those. You If you don't like a skull or if you don't want it anymore, you can destroy it to get bones. And then those bones, if you get enough of them, upgrade your skull for 10 30 100 bones you can upgrade to different levels uh so there's like common rare unique and legendary skulls and stuff that have different powers and stuff that scale appropriately and yeah it's fun you play it's effectively the same you play a level and then you get shoot a choice between one or two doors that you go through and they're effectively all the same levels just rearranged like they don't it's not like a procedurally generated where it's like every time you play it, it's going to be a hundred percent different. It's like, eh, you're going to see like the same, you're going to see the same like four or five like rooms of the first stage, just shuffled. Right? Maybe
0: platforms shuffled. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Enemy
1: types or traps are shuffled around, but like you're going to see these like, a lot when you replay it over and over again. You're going to memorize this area pretty well. Okay. So it's not like. It's not like Binding of Isaac, where every room is could be possibly different. It's like, yeah, it, it's, we got a basic framework, and we're going to just redecorate the stuff inside of it. Um, that makes sense. Which isn't bad, but it's still fun to play, and you very quickly learn which skulls are your favorite. So, for instance, one of mine is like the Petty Theft, or Petty Thief, where when you attack enemies, you can do like a you know backstab where you teleport behind them and stab them is one of the abilities, where you can throw coins, and they will do magical damage when they explode. Uh, but I like the Petty Thief because every time you attack an enemy, there's a chance of them dropping gold. Oh, so yeah. So that's a way you can both kill enemies and farm gold so that when you get to the checkpoints, you have enough money to buy stuff.
0: Because it, nice. it's
1: very expensive. And, like, if you want to either get bones to upgrade skulls or if you want to get gold to buy weapons to give you upgrades, you really kind of have to dedicate yourself to one or the other on each stage. Because the checkpoints, I think, are two at every stage. And then the upgrades for the bones are, like, once. And most of them are after a big boss. So you have to fight the boss before you can upgrade. So you really kind of have to hoard the wealth with both of those resources, which is tough.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: But it's a roguelike, so you're going to play it enough times over and over and over again. You'll learn, you know, which does what, which one you'll prefer. Uh, The werewolf's good. It seems like a lot of the speed ones are good, because you can just, like any roguelike, it's... Not really, it's not a bullet hell, but there's like a lot of enemies, so you just want to be constantly moving. You don't want to be stationary because there's not a lot of ways to regain health. So the power ones are stronger, but you're going to move slower. So I tend to favor the speed ones because you're just constantly moving around, which is both your attacks and you know, helps you avoid taking damage. But yeah, there's a lot a lot of really fun combinations, and you can get just some skulls really early that are really good, like a a unique level skull, which is like the third highest at the first stage if you're Ooh, if you're lucky yeah. enough and yeah there's some tie-ins, and some of them just do really crazy shit so
0: yeah i i think the artwork's super charming mm-hmm. uh i almost want to say it sort of reminds me of maple story but i could be super <laughs> wrong with that uh but no it's a more like uh sophisticated uh uh detailed yeah. like world
1: it, it's like an upgraded shovel knight like a snes pixel art there we go style. yeah um, definitely but yeah, so like, for uh, for instance, the Alchemist is one skull you can get, and you basically just shoot little energy balls from your staff. One of your skills is you throw a potion that does poison, ice, or fire damage, um, so you just skill builds up and you get stacked those. And then the unique thing with the Alchemist is, every 15 seconds, just this big stone golem comes out and shoots, like, an energy ball out of its mouth at whatever direction you're facing. So, the Alchemist is kind of meh overall kind of bland but then that one ability of just like yeah you get this big super cannon every 15 seconds and if you time that out well it can be really powerful uh so it it gives you incentives to like try out the different skulls and stuff and see all the abilities uh funny enough one of them is a tie into uh dead cells you get the cell skull which is the like just weird smoke head you get from the dead cells game and you get all the abilities with that okay that's super busted <laughs> like i know it's a tie-in and it's supposed to be like haha here's a fun thing that's gonna come in every now and then like it's so strong every time i get it i p- I keep it because it's it's so insanely strong gotcha so uh if you like dead cells there's a good game that it's a little fun tie-in to something similar combat wise
0: yeah that's awesome uh
1: because it's a roguelike and not a roguelite which once again I hate those differences the names are too similar yep uh, there's overall progression with it. So every time you beat it, you get this resource that you can then buy into skills or stats that make it easier. Like more health, or your physical damage does more uh, damage, or your fi- magic damage does more damage to the enemy. Stuff like that, or your crit rates higher. Um, it's hard to gather all of those resources. They carry over between sessions, but like you don't get a ton of it every time you play. The most of it you get from bosses. And every stage has a mini-boss, which is like a hero. So you got like the big shield hero, you got the archer hero, you got the ninja hero, you got the cleric healer uh, hero, and you know, so you have fun fighting those guys over and over again. And at the end of the game is the, or end of the stage is the big boss who is pretty tough every time. Yeah, uh, but once once you save up enough of those resources and you get the upgrades, there's one upgrade that is the resurrection where if you die, you get one more extra life, and every rogue like that that upgrade is pretty common like in hades and isaac and all this it's so yep. critical for skull it's so much easier because the bosses even the first boss i've played it a bunch of times i've him a bunch of times sometimes very quickly sometimes it takes a while it's still kind of tough because it does so much damage and the hit boxes are rough that'll be my, a complaint for me is the hit boxes aren't clear where they're hitting you and what to avoid so sometimes i'll yeah. take damage without it planning on it but yeah, so the first boss can be pretty tough. He's like a big tree ant character that's corrupted and like attacks. Yeah, you. I see an
0: image of him. He looks awesome. Yeah.
1: So he can be pretty tough, but I've I've gotten pretty used to his uh, attack pattern and can be in pretty easily. The second stage boss are two like sort of Valkyrie women that fly around and fight you a combination, and then when you defeat one, the other one gets superpowered and becomes harder. That is still very difficult for me. And it wasn't until I actually got the, like, resurrection upgrade where I actually was able to beat them and get past them. So, like, it took a while of me playing and just dying to them specifically over and over and over again before I could afford to beat them. So, it's it's certainly tough. But then once I beat them, I bought the next one on the same run and I got to, like, the fifth stage or something. It It's, I don't know how far this game goes. I don't know how many stages are. It's certainly challenging and, like, making me work for it, though. So if you want a bit of a challenge with their platforming roguelikes, there's that. And it's, uh, yeah, just the combination of the skills skulls are really fun. There's, like, the warlock. Then there's, like, a rock star where you're just, you got long blonde hair and your attack is a guitar and you, your abilities, you summon bait amps. And after, Hell yeah. if you're able to just continue to play a song nonstop for a while, your skeleton band appears and does crazy damage to everyone around. Like, it's really cool seeing the different skills and abilities they have and uh, the ones you can afford to upgrade and see what those are about. So it's real fun. I'm enjoying it.
0: Hell yeah. No, that, this game looks super cute. A great recommendation. Uh, in that screenshot of that tree Ent you were talking about, yeah. it says his name. And oh boy, you guys know how bad I am at pronouncing things. But You're this just, isn't uh, even fair. It's yeah, Y-G-G-D-R. And I'm like, already what? Uh, yeah. A-S-S-I-L. So yeah, I feel like, why can't ants just speak normal? <laughs>
1: but you just, you just still is in North Mythology, the tree of life.
0: Oh no way. Okay, so, so it actually has like a a meaning that I'm just it went over my head. That's cool.
1: Yeah, that's like a common trope you'll see in a bunch of stuff is the tree of life and then there's the um what's the big Damn, you're killing the tree of life. <laughs> well, in the game the first time you beat him, you get like the cutscene and the dialogue and the explanation of the actual story. And then every time you fight <laughs> the bosses afterwards it just speeds through and like, you know, you already saw this cutscene, we don't have to do it every time. Uh, but he's corrupted by these black crystals, which are the resources you use to upgrade every run. So he's kind of like, ah, thanks for freeing me from that. Then you die and come back and he's corrupted again. It's like, ah, oh, goddammit. Okay, here we go. And you do it over and over and over again. Uh,
0: gotcha. But,
1: yeah.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that game looks fun as hell. That's good stuff. Um, As for me, I feel like I don't have too much of an update, but I had some really incredible luck. So the past weekend we had uh, for Fall Guys, the mode jump around, which was just three jump clubs and then followed by a jump showdown. It was much more a much easier way to get consistently to finals. Like I I was uh, watching a few streamers and they were just getting crowns left and right. That said, I had one crown a day during the weekend. I think it was on Sunday and Monday or maybe Saturday and Sunday. Either way, I got one crown each day. So two Ooh, more nice. crowns added to my crown list. I'm currently at six. Um, and yeah, both of those were with jump showdown. It's interesting with all these variations they're adding. Uh, one of them, uh, they add a fan to jump showdown and one of my favorite streamers of Fall Guys his name's Samaris he likes to refer to that as the jump blowdown because there's the fan and I agree like whenever they (laughs) add that level of complexity of the fan and it's a jump blowdown it's so much easier because so many people can barely handle the fan and uh, since both of my crowns happened on stream I have them clipped so if you guys head over to twitch.tv slash abtsilence you can see me win but yeah most of them are just people getting completely owned by the fan and I'm like I'm left and oh well actually it's usually me me in 1v1 with some other bean and then i'll just grief them and win and it's like all right <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm definitely uh that player
1: <laughs> you're that guy you're that
0: asshole <laughs> yeah, i am i'm, a, I'm a here for crowns what? <laughs> i'm on stream <laughs> but no that's uh so i had some luck with that and then another thing i'll mention uh just real brief i've been known to play poker club on uh stream every now and then <laughs> i've been known but to play the thing.
1: three games i play
0: well that's the thing i don't Play, I fell off poker club for quite a while because I had a pretty bad like stream where I was just like super unlucky and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from poker. When I came back, my first hand dealt to me was uh, a pocket pair of aces. So right off the bat, I have two aces in my hand. And then by the end of the hand, it, I had four of a kind with aces and i feel like oh, i've never seen that before in all of my poker play. So i was like that was epic so i took a picture and yeah won that like i don't think anything can possibly beat that maybe <laughs> like a, a royal flush or yeah, something. something but huge. either way it was really super lucky and i was like man two crowns and uh four of a kind aces i'll take it so yeah that's my gaming update <laughs> a little lame
1: <laughs> you, you burnt all your luck in one weekend
0: yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to try to get some more crowns. I will miss jump around the mode because yeah, like I said, it was so easy to just get consistently to finals, and now I'm just doing uh, whatever they give us. I think currently, right now, we have slime survivors, which is another one, uh, just like a lot of the slime maps. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's basically it for what I've been playing. I I am also obviously playing Harry Potter trading card game with my <laughs> wife, but there's really not quite an update there. I I am starting no the podcast though. There. Yes, I I did mention in passing, though, uh, that I was going to be working on a podcast with friends. That is happening. I'll have more information for you guys soon, hopefully sometime in early March. So maybe another episode or two, and I'll have a link I can point you guys to in our show notes. But uh, let's talk about what's going on in the show topics. We had a Nintendo Direct. I'll be honest, I only saw very little of it. Did anything stand out to you?
1: Uh, stuff. Was announced. I think I can safely say I don't give a shit about any of it, but that's just oh, my, but that's just my personal taste.
0: I you think. don't care about Mario Golf Super Rush, Bren? I'm, that's like the one that stood out to <sighs> I me. I
1: saw that. I was like, ah, oh, I know a 47 year old man who would like this game. His name's Douglas Cole. I'm not
0: 47 <laughs> yet. <laughs> I'm 46. You just well, love uh, golf.
1: <laughs> you I and do, all my uncles. Right.
0: Well, that's the thing. I love everybody's golf. I just love golf for some reason. I, it's really unexplainable. I don't play it in real life. I'd much rather have a controller in my hand and be like, yeah, you, golf.
1: You like but golf <laughs> and you hate walking. So you don't do it exactly. in real life. You just do the virtual. And,
0: and that's the cute thing about this Mario Golf Super Rush is you can hold your little Joy-Cons like a Wii controller and do the motions. <laughs> you like can, swing. It, you thing. can
1: hold your Joy-Cons like a Wii controller. <laughs> or a, Whatever. Like, you a know what a, yeah, like a golf club. Like a golf club. But
0: that's it's it's cute, uh, it, it's just more golf, but it's this golf. time with the cast of Mario
1: yeah. characters,
0: like, it, it's basically definitely for me, and one I foresee getting in the future.
1: The only real change I noticed is, you know, besides the characters, and they got some outfits, like, Bowser's wearing clothes now, he's got, like, a collared shirt and slacks now, which is weird to see. One thing I noticed is there's, like, speed golf, where you and other players all play golf at the same time, and yes. try to be the first one to get your uh, ball in the hole. I and, love that idea. The difference is you hit you don't take turns, you just all hit it at the same time, and then you run on the green, like or on the fairway, to putt or to you know hit your ball more. So yeah. it seems very chaotic of everyone just running around or bumping into each other. I don't know if you can hit each other while on the course or not, but it seems like you might be able to. So it just seems like a lot more sped up a chaotic version of golf. And honestly that seems like it's gonna be the most fun mode.
0: Agreed. No, I think that's what sells this game 100%. And yeah, I'm more curious to see how it is when everyone's getting down to the hole. Like are your balls going to be colliding as you're trying to get to sink it and stuff? Like it's going to be it that alone makes this game stand out from other golf games. But uh yeah, I'll I'll play traditional golf. I'll play the speed mode. Uh it looks amazing.
1: Yeah, there's a few golf games online of like Everybody Golf or Golfing with Friends or you yeah, know, it's all some variation of the same title. But it's very much like here's the regular golf game. And then you turn the collision physics on between balls. And it's like, here's the aggressive golf game where, you know, someone who's, you know, 45 points behind everyone else would just sit at the hole and guard it. And anyone that comes close, they'll just ricochet off and bounce them out of the like <laughs> map and stuff. So it gets very, very chi- chaotic when there's collision on. So I oh, can't yeah. imagine.
0: So that's the one that stood out to me. But I know you were unimpressed, underwhelmed. It-
1: there just wasn't anything for me that, I mean, there's nothing I'm really waiting for from Nintendo besides, you know, the obvious like breath of the wild two or something. They had one announcement where it was like the head producer of the Zelda series come out. And he's like, uh, like, I know you're all expecting breath of the wild 2, And if you're seeing me, you're probably expecting an announcement. There's nothing. It's like, cool. Thanks. Like you could have just not had yeah. any, but I think they had to get up in front of it. I'm like, don't get your hopes up. Like, relax. The yeah. Zelda announcement is they're making us, uh, Legend of Zelda Scoured Sword HD for the Switch, which I'm sure okay. genuinely no one's interested in, because it's widely yeah. considered the worst Zelda or modern Zelda game.
0: It's for the people that miss it like me. Like I'd consider it, but uh no, you're right. That's the one that has the negative uh stigma.
1: Yeah, I had it for the Wii and had I had to buy a controller with the Wii Motion Plus just to play it, because the regular Wii controllers weren't accurate enough to track it. Uh and it's very like all Zelda games are arguably repetitive. This one is really repetitive, because the bossy fight you had to do was just the same, like, four times. And, like, technically it's the origin in the Zelda timeline, like, this is where it all starts. Technically, uh, it's... The Zelda timeline's bullshit, in my opinion. I think they were all separate games, and then the fans were like, are they connected? Or is it just a recurring theme, or are they the same characters? And Nintendo made the mistake of being like, yeah, they're connected, and it's like, great, now we have to make sense of this bullshit. Yeah, it's never, like... <laughs> never was intended to be.
0: Like uh, Kingdom Hearts. It's like, uh, these yeah. games all work together in some cohesive manner? It's like, no. yes! Is what, <laughs> that's their answer.
1: <laughs> they're not, but we going to say yes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so it's all the uh, uh, Skyward Sword HD. I it's not good like everyone i think everyone was kind of hoping for a uh, like a all-star pack like to deal with mario of having like an ocarina of time a twilight princess a wind waker like bundle oh that's genius yeah and that's that's what everyone's hoping for but that's that's too much money because they could just re-release all those games and sell them for a full 60 dollars and people buy them
0: individually oh yeah Yeah. for sure uh it just kind of shows how out of tune they are with what we really are after to them they're like of course we'll just remake this one right
1: I don't, I don't think it's necessarily them being out of tune so much as it's like, hey, this is, like, a C-list project, whereas Breath of the Wild 2 is our A-list project. Sure. And, like, this could rack in some money without devoting our full, like, A-list team of developers. We can put the interns on this one and rack in some extra cash for, like, minimal effort. Yeah. Like, to hold them over until we have a new Zelda game to announce. So, I don't, I'm not, against it. I'm not surprised by it. Nintendo's done this time and time and time again, so it's not news but i it's, considering this is widely considered one of the worst modern zeldas i really don't imagine it doing too well that's especially fair with, especially with the motion controls because hey your boy's got the nintendo drift again so i'm i'm not gonna play a game that relies heavily on motion controls for the switch right so i don't see that happening uh what else got announced uh new characters for smash they announced new characters in the you know next lineup for you know the roster that's being revealed bit by bit for all the DLC. Yeah, weren't they from?
0: from uh, oh, I forget. What Xenoblade
1: who, Chronicles
0: Two? That's it. Yes,
1: Mithra and Pyra.
0: Never played those games, so I don't really Never. know. I don't know how many people play them. I, it might be way more popular over in other uh, countries, but uh, when I think of Xenoblade, I don't. I don't know how big of a following there is.
1: It's it's definitely got a pretty decent sized fan base, uh, at least in America here and other countries like in the West. Uh, Japan's definitely bigger. Like same with Fire Emblem, it's definitely bigger in Japan. Yeah. Um, I know some friends and coworkers who play Xenoblade Chronicles one and two. I I don't I personally haven't. I don't really know the story or anything. Um, but I know these two characters are like, I don't know even if they're the no they're not the protagonists, but they're they're the most prominent characters, and um, they are. The weapons in the game, I think. I think they're the sword the protagonist uses. And it's like, they're, these are the human personified versions of the sword. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't play the game. Yeah. Uh, but because everyone is so sick of Nintendo bringing out more anime sword boys for the to fill out the roster with all the Fire Emblem characters, and then you got Sephiroth and all that. Uh, and then you got Shulk, who's from Xenoblade, I think, or from the first one. Uh, people were like, no more anime sword boys in Smash DLC. And they're like, cool, we hear you. We understand your complaints. What about anime sword girls?
0: Yeah, that, that are actually a
1: sword. <laughs> it's like that. N- no, 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 no. You're not like that's not the part we had a problem with. It wasn't yeah. the gender. So it's and people are joking because as anime girls tend to be, they're very busty. So everyone's like, ah, you should, these are the horny characters now. Now Nintendo's getting desperate, and it's like just I don't know. Put in fun characters. Put a mumbo-jumbo from Banjo Kazooie. Add him back. Like you already got one Banjo Kazooie character in there so i don't know what they're doing i'm did sephiroth bring me back to smash no are these random two characters i don't know about or care about no so i don't know i don't know if nintendo's just filling out the roster for fan favorites or if they're actually trying to be like here's a cool new imaginative character that's going to change the way combat works in smash brothers that you're really gonna have to learn to play or if it's just like you yeah, hit a button and uh, sword goes smash smash like I don't know what
0: they're doing, but. Yeah, no, and God, this is why my brain is like broken this entire time. I'm like, Xenoblade. I know I played something on PS2 that I was like, all I keep seeing is Xenoblade Saga, or no, Xenoblade Chronicles. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm mistaking it. Cause I was playing a game called Xeno Saga episode <laughs> one. And, like, there's all these, like, Xeno Saga games out yeah, there that yeah. I'm, like, I'm just... And they're very similar, I guess, as far as, like, Real the anime similar. aesthetic and everything. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're even related in any way, if there is crossover, or if they're just completely separate intellectual properties. But, yeah, no, when I was reading all this stuff about Xenoblade Chronicles, in my brain I was thinking of the Xeno Saga characters. I'm like, oh,
1: <laughs> I I don't think they're related, despite the Xeno prefix. Just right. Just because Nintendo and Sony and Nintendo's pretty... Uh, strict on being strictly on their consoles but yeah i don't know they might be who knows yeah, xeno
0: saga is by namco and i'm guessing xeno blade chronicles is by somebody else
1: yeah so it's yeah more anime sword characters for smash i'll i'll stop talking about it once they actually bring someone interesting <laughs> that's fair yeah it's so, on them yeah what else is going on uh monster hunter rise they did trailers for that for uh, the switch uh monster hunter games are good they, they, they got a lot of quality of life improvements from Monster Hunter World because a lot of Monster Hunter earlier games were like a real slog and really inconvenient uh, and I don't know if that was by the technology or if that was intentional to make it harder, but like it just sucked. So now that they got rid of a lot of those in Monster Hunter World it's cool to see that carry over to the other games afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still haven't finished Monster Hunter World the Snowborn DLC for that so I'm like, eh, I'm not Monster Hunter is fun, it's real fun but it is just grinding and hunting the same monsters 40 times to get. A oh yeah. Car. So I don't, I don't need multiple versions of like, it's like dynasty warriors and Madden where they're just changing out like the aesthetic, but otherwise it's an ident- identical game. It's like, I don't need a new one. I'm good. Like, that makes perfect sense. World. Yeah. Um, but it's cool seeing people get excited for that. Definitely. Uh, Ooh,
0: interesting little tidbit that I just discovered. Apparently, Xenosaga, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Xenogears are all related. And it's just, Fucking a hell. I know, it's a video game meta series just called Xeno. <laughs> it's a
1: meta series. Yes.
0: So, and that's created by Tetsuya Takahashi. So, yeah, that guy oh, had too many ideas for games. So, it's like, let's we'll just <laughs> uh, make a bunch of different ones, but just throw Xeno in front.
1: yeah really Xeno dating sim it'll come eventually
0: that's just kind of it's actually kind of interesting to know that all of those relate because I've heard of each individually and never thought like oh well duh of course they're related
1: Uh, yeah I've never played any of them so they've never stuck in my mind long enough to connect them
0: gears, old school anyway
1: (laughs) at least you now know they're all connected yeah Uh, and what else the other big announcement was Project Triangle Strategy if that sounds like a dumb name it's because it is.
0: Yeah, no, that's real bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is the in-progress game title. So this is a game that's, the demo's coming out, you play it, they're going to release a survey asking for player feedback, they're going to try and make some changes based off that. Everyone qu- pretty quickly pointed out this is just Octopath Traveler 2. Between like the combat and the aesthetic and the, like some of the story, people were like, yeah, this is just Octopath Traveler, and it's got the same font as the other one. So like, yeah, it's just the in-progress title for it is project strategy or triangle strategy project whatever so <laughs> it's it's weird that they pitched it this way and that they're saying like hey we're taking uh customer feedback and i heard someone jokingly say that this is just uh, a computer generated game where this was made by some sort of ai program and they don't really know what they're dealing with it so they're relying on some human input from the actual audience and like it was made as it was, it was supposed to be a joke But the more he talked about it, the more I kind of saw some logic to it. I was like, "That might be true. That might be kind of true." This is really weird what they're doing, and it doesn't seem like they really know what they're doing. Like, I feel like if you're making a game, you should have a concise idea of what to do in it, and not like, "Hey, help us out. Tell us what you want." So I don't know. We'll see how that turns out.
0: Definitely, yeah. Um, one thing I have to mention since I'm the TCG guy on this podcast, all of a sudden as of this year, (laughs) suddenly. uh, well, apparently, uh, Pokemon and Magic the Gathering and all the other trading card games out there are seeing, like, a huge influx in uh, people getting back into the game and, like, prices yep. soaring. Uh, apparently, I read an article recently that Pokemon TCG, uh, they announced that they are they have a solution for the current demand. Since there are so many impacted sets of, like, their uh, limited quantities and people, like, scalpers reselling stuff online, they're yeah. just going to start reprinting them. So, like, oh. awesome. Yeah, so they're basically... Fixing the the bubble that the fans have created. <laughs> I'm actually pretty <laughs> proud of them. I wish that would well, happen in the Harry Potter community because a it's a dead game. So like, there's Wizards of the Coast will never bring it back. But if they yeah. did, like for instance, the Chambers of Secrets box uh, booster box went from two thousand dollars to three thousand dollars overnight just because <sighs> like people are buying them up. It's the price increases on these cards and boosters Same. and boxes are just insane and they're i don't think it's going anywhere especially for a game that's out of print like harry potter
1: i mean like i can understand for people like you who are actually playing it but like the prices are being driven up so much by people who are selling them yes uh, there are people buying booster packs who have no intention of ever opening them or playing them and are just reselling them right away to try and make a profit so like it's this weird self-fulfilling prophecy of people buying them because they think they're expensive and then selling them because they're telling people that they're expensive They're not actually expensive.
0: Not at all. And the the odds of you pulling any cards that are really that worthwhile, it's not that much. So, for instance, uh, one of the sets I'm missing a bunch of cards from is called "Adventurers at Hogwarts. And my current co-host of my Harry Potter podcast pointed out to me, he's like, oh, on this website, there's a booster box of that set. Going for $350. And he's like, if you ever have any interest in getting one, like now's your chance because I'm telling you, it's just gonna, it's gonna yeah, skyrocket sure. in price. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I I I'm an adult. I'm gonna use some money. I'm gonna buy this uh Jesus. this booster box and I'm gonna have it for like a future stream. We'll probably do some kind of cool events with our podcast. I got it, it showed up like the next day. It was the fastest anything has ever shipped to me in my entire <laughs> life. I was like, holy shit. And I'm so tempted to open this thing, brand. You have no idea. But literally, <laughs> the thing is overnight and of me buying that it went from 350 to 650 and and that's and now i'm in the position of like do i sell it for a quick buck or yeah, like, no yeah, i really yeah. don't want to do that because but i am the did. person that wants to play the game but let's say the moment i open that booster box the $350 I spent, that, that value is completely out the window. Don't get me wrong. There could be some really good pulls in there. Like I'll get like a hollow Albus Dumbledore or something that <laughs> nobody else has. But like even still, add all of those up. I doubt the value will be $350, let alone these boxes that are going for thousands of dollars. So, yeah, I'm I'm proud that Pokemon is saying, yo, fuck that shit. You guys can't make money off of our product. We'll just make more. <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll make money instead of you just recirculating your own money amongst exactly. yourselves. Exactly. Like I kinda makes that kinda makes sense because like yeah, it the game stopped being or the cards stopped being printed because the game wasn't being played and there was not that demand much demand for it. And then there's a weird new niche group like you guys who are playing it again who have demand for it. And because there's demand for it, there's predators who are like latching on and yes. using that to make money and then because they're making money, other people are becoming getting involved. To that yes. Selling. Oh but yeah, I, people
0: are looking at it as like this is the new thing. This to is invest an investment. In. Yeah.
1: I'm, pay- I'm paying for my kids' college tuition with <laughs> these cards. <laughs> yes. Some people are, and it's like this is insane. And I'm sure because a lot of these cards are not being made anymore. You could probably determine the exact number that our cards are in circulation or that were printed. Correct. And be like, the chances of me getting a holographic Albus Umbud are one in a trillion because there's only so many and like 17 of them are playing around the world already. Like you could probably calculate that reasonably because there's not being any more made. Yes. But yeah, now that like they're seeing the demand for it, yeah, the companies can be like, let's just turn those printing presses back on. We'll, it'll pretty much deflate the cost on like eBay and stuff like by individual seller resellers but yeah now they'll be making money on their own pro- uh, products again so it's like that's probably the best call yeah for sure it's easier to get a hold of them now
0: like i said I'm, I'm proud of that move and it seems to help with like the problem of like these communities kind of like inflating prices on their own accord yeah um even with this one particular card it's called like the unicorn and i know that sounds like the white whale of like the harry potter <laughs> universe but it was a card that when i first started getting back into this i'm like oh wow that's a 60 dollar card Now I'm seeing it sell for over $150. And as a thank you, Emilio, my co-host, he sent me just like a a couple cards knowing I'm missing a few of my base set and he sent me a fucking unicorn and I was freaking out. I'm like, dude, send me your Venmo. I can't accept this. This is insane. (laughs) And like, and he was basically telling me, he's like, I've been collecting for so long. I've. I've purchased unicorns back in the day for maybe fifteen dollars at most. So he's like, the fact that these are going it's for what they are, card. he's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's super old school. So he was like, I'm happy to give you a card that you're gonna, it's gonna make you flip flip out like this. And I'm like, yeah. that's that was just so wholesome. So yeah,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about that podcast. I'll have more information for that soon. But yeah, way to go, Pokemon! Fuck all these price increases. It's absolutely <laughs> Gouchers, nuts.
1: Oh my god, it's it's so wild to me because there's no value in these cards. Right, it's it's, it, it comes down cards. to the the eye of the beholder. Well, no, it's it's the potential of it Because, the, like you said, the second you open that pack and find out what cards are in there, it's worthless. Yes. Or it's you know it's worth $10 versus the $100 it was. It's the potential of what it could be. There's no value in the card itself once it's opened. It's just the mystery and the allure of it, anything could be in here. But once you open it and find out what it is, there, it's not nearly as valuable.
0: Exactly. And that, my
1: friends... Is how stock works. Yes. And that's that's the GameStop stock like broken down in very basic terms of like people said it's valuable, which made it valuable. Is there any inherent value to it really? No. No. But people said it's valuable. And it's dumb as shit.
0: Yeah, but also the difference between a stock and a card is people are emotionally attached to cards.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> hey, seriously. If I put if I second mortgage my house because of the stock market's gonna tell me it's gonna do good, I'm emotionally invested in that stock. That's now. a good point. Yeah, very good. <laughs> But, yeah, it's just value because people say there's value. And that, in my opinion, is dumb as shit. And yes. What our entire economy is based off of. Oh, yeah, well, credit. Fine. Anyway, anyway, uh, I'm going to de and Bass is going to come on here and correct me next time. Oh, no, we so, don't need I, that. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> about. I'll admit that. Anyway, uh, other stuff announced in the Direct. Mostly a lot of games, a lot of old games coming to the Switch, which some people are fine with, but it's not Nintendo Direct worthy. It's not like, hey, we're bringing Legend of Mana to the Switch. It's like, fine, all right yeah like i i kind of expect that and if i don't expect that no one would care if it didn't come here like that game is 30 plus years old yeah it
0: feels lazy that they're just like uh we'll just remake everything
1: yeah but it's people keep buying them and they're like ah now i can play this because i didn't play it as a kid it's like i yeah i get it but like it's also you know we'd rather new games but then there's new games like uh samurai warriors 5 it's like is this a new game it's like dynasty Warriors. it's like is it's the same game yeah <laughs> you're just reskinning this uh so they got a few of those there's like a murder mystery there's like a Robot sort of spin off game coming kind of, i don't know miitopia which is another one of the wii u games that no one played because no one owned a wii u now it's being ported to the switch um star wars hunters they literally know nothing about it the trailer didn't show shit but it seems kind of cool so we'll see yeah yeah anything that's star wars that's not skywalker or movie related i'm on board with yeah i'm hoping Um,
0: it's bounty hunter oriented given that title
1: it seemed kind of like that it really didn't show much it was a teaser it wasn't even a trailer so it's hard to gauge okay uh super mario stuff coming to animal crossing which is neat so you can decorate your island like mario and stuff You get different costumes one thing that's really neat is you get the warp pipe which makes you able to like fast travel across your island what? to the different forms. That's gonna, That's not like an aesthetic change. That's a game changer. Yes. Like, that's a quick travel, like that's awesome. So
0: I I'm interested to see how people utilize that creatively.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh they announced Fall Guys is coming to the Switch, so there's another platform you can buy it for.
0: Yes, just give us crossplay already, but no <laughs> not yet.
1: Not yet. Uh, Outer Wilds, I I've signed the praises of that game enough, so if you want to play Outer Wilds and you only got the Switch you don't have it on PC or anything. Now's your chance. Outer Wilds is fucking credible. The motion sickness might get a little uh, rougher on the Switch now that it's mobile, though, so...
0: I can imagine. <laughs> Be careful yeah. with
1: that. Uh, no More Heroes 3, they announced that. Uh, well, not really announced, but they show us more of that, so like it's in the works. So people are excited for that franchise and are really thirsty for any information about it. Uh, Hades is getting a physical re- copy. I don't know why that was an announcement in the Direct. That's not...
0: Yeah, that's not direct worthy. You're absolutely right, but it's it's definitely cool. And honestly, I'm shocked it sure. didn't do that from the get go. It seems like one of those games that should have been able to be buy in stores. But what is it like a limited run or something else?
1: I don't think so. I think they're just like, hey, it's physical editions now. So if you want the if you want a huh. physical cartridge, if you want a little book with all the art and like uh, summaries of the gods and stuff in it, like here you go. But because some people like the physical games and stuff. Oh yeah, which, I'm this- one of them especially with storage issues, especially on the Switch and stuff, like, understandable. But, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it really was not worth the Direct. So, I was like, I love Hades. I, I got hundreds of hours in Hades. It's a phenomenal game. Not worth a Direct announcement.
0: <laughs> I think that's why, though, they did it that way, because they know how hot it is. They're like, oh, well, it's, this will get people's popular. attention. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's the popular kid right now, so they're riding on it while they can. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3 uh, are all bundled together on a Master Collection, so that's cool like the ninja gaming games there's that uh hyrule warriors age of calamity dlc that got announced um uh, so yeah like cool stuff there's for some people but nothing huge at least nothing that draw my attention the biggest thing was at the very end was splatoon 3 so they announced splatoon 3 is coming 2022 so they're working on it um even the trailer people were pointing out like ah, oh, you can now customize your uh inkling with anything there's no like restrictions on, like, girls can wear this hair, boys can wear this hair. It's like, you can just, you're just you a squid and you're a kid. You can wear anything you want. You can just customize it however you want. And I know that was a big thing for a lot of people. Just because th- it doesn't matter anyway in-game. It's not like there's a real difference. It's just your aesthetic choices. Yeah. And they're like, I'm a guy with long hair, and I braid it sometimes. I want to have my kid with, like, a braid in the game. And yeah, give can do people
0: that. free reign.
1: Yeah. So I know that was a big thing. But, yeah, it seems kind of nuts it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on there in like a desert or like a it looks like mad max but with squid kids which is weird uh but yeah i know some people are real excited about pl- splatoon so that was probably the biggest announcement
0: very cool. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm still uh, the most jazzed about um, Super Mario Golf, whatever, Rush, Super Rush. That'll be <laughs> what fun. Whatever the title is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just give me some Mario and golf. Yeah. Oh, well, and I know we were just, I was saying like, oh, it feels lazy when they just remake everything. Here I yeah. am in my Harry Potter craze. I'm like, let me play some fucking Harry Potter video games. You Guess what? <laughs> I can't, well, no, I can't find a goddamn single one of them on like modern consoles. I was looking in the PlayStation 5 like store for like, I don't know, they had a million Harry Harry Potter games and the only thing I can find is Lego Harry Potter years Uh, one through whatever and the other years and it's like don't get me wrong, I love the Lego games, but that's not the itch I'm trying to scratch here, and I, it just makes me think, like, if everyone's remaking video games, I feel like they forgot to remake those ones, It's and I'm gonna have to fire up the old PS2 or Xbox original <laughs> to be able all. to play them. Yeah, like, uh, and actually, well, just the other day, I, I pulled down my Xbox and turned it on, and it was making a really insane noise, so I was like, oh, shit, it's this thing
1: something might, in yeah, it. this might start a fire. <laughs> it was probably, like, bugs in there that just being fried Oh, or Jesus something. Christ. <laughs> I mean, you got the new Harry Potter game that's in the works. So yeah, that to look forward to. And true, yeah, the Lego Harry Potter games were made before the Lego games really like found their stride with like Lego Star Wars and Lego Indiana Jones that are really fun and like silly and stuff. Harry Potter, I remember playing that one. It's like, ooh, this is. Yeah, I don't the know PS
0: one game it wasn't that great, but even for me, it's very nostalgic, it's and nostalgic. I would love to revisit it uh, in a remastered format. But I, it's just I know no one's going to want to touch that with like a <laughs> ten foot pole. Like like you yeah. said, the Harry Potter craze is over, and yep. all the studios were like, "We made that game, we're done." And we're I'm done. like, "We oh, moved break, on. Let me play it on a big screen. Fuck.
1: No, <laughs> I know nobody <laughs> Fuck you, wants Douglas it. Cole I'm the
0: only person. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, you never know. Maybe um, one day.
0: One thing that did catch my eye and might be what we wrap up with is that uh Rare Studios had a game, a canceled N64 game called Dinosaur Planet, and apparently it has since been leaked online, the fully playable build, and apparently this is what... Be- became Star Fox Adventures? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. fucking know. I, I literally don't know anything about this game, but the one screenshot I'm looking at looks super cool, and the fact that we have now access to a playable version of a completely cancelled game, that's fucking awesome. Like I wish that would happen with more cancelled games. It's just like, it's <laughs> it, if it's not getting out there and we're, no one's paying for it, just, just give released. it to us. Yeah.
1: it's It happens all the time with literally, with everything, any kind of media, video game shows, movies, books, scripts, like any kind of intellectual property. Once the company that's going to distribute it gets the rights to it, they pretty much lock it away until they use it. And if they never use it, it never gets used. And
0: yeah. it's
1: so much, so much stuff is just never even heard of. It's Such a shame. They got, they got locked away, bought it by a company, and then that people moved on, got fired, or just forgot about it entirely. And just, I remember hearing about this with Dinosaur. I didn't know it was fully playable, though. I might have to check this out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember hearing about this with Star Fox Adventures, because it's, it's really out of place and weird for a Star Fox game. And then when it came out, people were like, ah, they made Dinosaur Planet. They didn't really have a, they weren't confident in it. They didn't have a character to sell it. So they just grabbed Star Fox and threw him in in their last second. It's like, it, it worked. Got me yep. to buy the game.
0: Oh, yeah. So. so, yeah, I'm interested in trying this one out, too. It looks super cool. And uh, yeah, Dinosaur Planet with a name like that. I'm sold. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all. Is there anything else you had in the show topics nope. or that's all?
1: That's all I got.
0: Cool. Well, then let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, Bren, where can our listeners find you on the internet and maybe listen to your other show?
1: You can find my other show. It's called Are We B- There Yet? And it is an anime review discussion podcast. We watch three episodes of a show or a movie and kind of give a recap and discuss like, yeah, it's a good show to get into. We're like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We're like, this is some hot ass garbage. Which we, <laughs> we recorded an episode today, which was just, absolutely it was our shortest episode we've ever recorded because there was just nothing to talk about love it so uh it's a fun time and uh you can check that out and i'm on twitter abts brendan very cool. And
0: listener, if you like our show, we're findable at all the places at Silence, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Not very active on Instagram. I'm sorry no. about that. Uh, but, uh, we'll maybe turn that around one of these days. But no, more realistically, no twitch.tv slash ABTSilence is where you can find me streaming a variety of games. Uh, most nights at around 8, 8, 8, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, playing some Harry Potter trading card game with my wife on Tuesday, so if that has if you have any interest in seeing what that's all about uh, in play, uh, definitely stop by and say hello. Uh, we'll happily explain how that all works, and yeah, like I said, I've alluded to it before, I'm working on a new podcast that is centered around that trading card game with some really cool people uh, so We already specific. Have, it's so freaking niche. Uh, <laughs> we already have our first episodes uh, recorded, so it's gonna be launched sometime in March, so I'll uh, give you guys more information on that in the future, but uh, last thing I'll plug is my record label, missedoutrecords.com if you want to see any kind of uh, cassettes and vinyl that's a, that's for sale over there uh, by all means check it out but that's going to do it for this episode we'll be back next week see you guys
1: see you